We've known each other many years, but this is the first time you ever came to me for counsel or for help. I can't remember the last time that you invited me to your house for a cup of coffee. Even though my wife is godmother to your only child. But let's be frank, you, you never wanted my friendship. And uh, you were afraid to be in my debt. I didn't want to get into trouble. I understand. You found paradise in America. I had a good trade, made a good living. Police protected you and there were courts of law. But you didn't need a friend like me. But uh, now you come to me and you say, Don Corleone, give me justice. But you don't ask with respect. You don't offer friendship. You don't even think to call me Godfather. Instead, you come into my house on the day my daughter's to be married and you ask me to be murder. Money. We ask you for justice. That is not justice. Your daughter is still alive. Welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn and Jeremy. That's right. Welcome to our 200th episode <laughs> spectacular. <laughs> I don't know why I was doing the song. <laughs> Is that a celebratory theme for you? <laughs> I think it's that or like... The other one that I always go to is like the YMCA. <laughs> is it just because it's got like horns, I guess? Yeah. Because I'm always thinking <laughs> of like. Fanfare. I'm thinking of like award show music or like clip show music. Right. You know, like, uh, um, wow, it's been. It's been quite a, a, a 200 episodes. We've gotten into some wacky conversations. I, <laughs> I always think of the. I think I Love Lucy song. Come on down. Or the Price is Right song. Which I don't think I could think. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. So it's 200 episodes. And we are smack in the middle of uh, Internet Sacred Cows. Um, And so you know what's coming. (laughs) You know what the fuck is up. You saw the name of the episode. You saw the name of the episode. (laughs) It's the fucking Godfather. Before we get into that, Jeremy, what did you watch this week? Thank you for asking. You are so welcome. Uh, I watched the new and I believe final season of Pen15. Oh, the show you've been telling me to watch for over two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they just did, they just released a, I guess it's the second half of the season that they're in now. Um, and from what I understand from reading online, this is it for them. They're moving yeah. on to new projects. So um, they ended it like on a, like, this is where we want to leave it. It seems like it. Yeah. I think uh, I could see them having had a lot more ideas and a lot more places they wanted to bring the show, but it just like the, 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 the production of it is so wildly impossible to begin with. 
and then to add to it that you have to do it during covid is just like oh, it just yeah. was never meant to be mm-hmm. it was never going to happen well to the people who are kind of new what is pen 15 pen 15 is a hulu original series uh starring two young women who are i believe in their 30s uh but they <laughs> both look pretty young and they style themselves even younger and the idea is that they are playing their 12 year old selves yeah um and they are in like a middle school and all of the other kids in the middle school are played by real middle schoolers. <laughs> Children. Um, and, and and it's one of the, if not the most compelling like childhood shows I've ever seen mm-hmm. uh, or movies for that matter. What like, are like, what's a childhood like freaks and geeks or whatever. Yeah. Like freaks and geeks or I mean like any teen, you know, high school thing. It beats the shit out of all of those. Um, because it's like it's at once like sincere and funny and like it, it's it's touching it's sad it's it's got a wide range that mm-hmm. it draws from but mostly it doesn't do the thing that I'm always complaining about on here which is like over romanticizing and getting either like super schmaltzy about like you know the like how like important being young is and these are the best <laughs> days of our lives like it's oh, not like yeah. the wonder years but it's also not like sexy and like over the top powerful like oh like how epic is partying in high school like like <laughs> uh, um like the the is it euphoria what is it called yeah yeah we uh, talked about that a couple yeah maybe bonuses ago so it's not like any of that it's not like zany hijinks like like an american pie it just it strikes the right balance of all these different things and feels like deep deep in its bones to be just like very true yeah like the the things that are funny in it are things that are just like so deeply true and i i've just really really enjoyed it and and it's like it it's uncovered like a a section of time that i feel like nobody ever really explores very much which is like the transition between being a child and being a teenager Uh uh-huh and like the times where you're like trying to strike that balance and decide which way you're letting it go on any given day. And it just, it seemed like they had a lot more that they could have done with it. But production wise, just working with little kids is always going to be trouble, right? Sure. Um, and then when you have things like COVID happen. So did they uh, film this before COVID or during COVID? They got the first half of the season done before COVID. And then <laughs> they had to take a break. Uh, when everybody took a break and then they started working under COVID um, and they got the second half of the season done. Okay. And I mean, the problem when you're working with child actors just generally is like, if you take more than like a couple months off, totally different kid. Right. They look super different. And also it just takes everything. Everything takes longer because mm-hmm. you can only have a kid on set for eight hours yeah. rather than the normal 12. And the COVID restrictions are much stronger with kids. Mm-hmm. The point is the production was you know it it was doomed yeah and um yeah i mean it just it it wasn't it wasn't destined to keep going (laughs) but the second half of the second season or whatever season maybe it's the third season the second half of this season oh did they release separately Mm -hmm. it was like a a, yeah so they did the first half sopranos thing uh yeah but i think they just did it because they got that many done yeah yeah (laughs) and they had to stop producing um but so this second half of the season, it's a lot less funny than usual. Um, 
it it gets a lot more like um like sad and serious and intense oh. and like but like in interesting ways that you don't really see explored a lot like um like they they deal a lot in the main characters um like first coming into understanding of death jeez like, like uh, someone in her family so it begins with like her mom just saying something oh she she learns about the holocaust in school god and <laughs> she's like mom like like hitler and and all the nazis they're in hell right and her mom's like yeah if hell's real then yeah that's where they are and she's like what do you mean if hell is real and she's like well you know sometimes i don't know if i believe in hell and she's like well if there's no hell then like where do bad people go she's like well i don't know if anybody really goes anywhere <laughs> and she's like what and like it just is like kind of like twisting her mind and she's like i i'd never even like considered the idea that nobody goes anywhere <laughs> like, yeah what did what would it mean what would it mean where do we go what happens and then like she kind of like manages to bury that and then like her grandmother dies and so it kind of like reignites it again and then they're at like a cancer walk and they like encounter a child who has cancer god and like He's like doing okay and like he's like keeping his chin up. He like it's funny he he and his friend like convince them to like kiss him and they're like come on he's got cancer. Like you got to give him a kiss at least. <laughs> and and later on like Maya the friend is like um she says something along the lines of like like yeah, you know, like it was just like a lighthearted thing. It was just a kiss because like, you know, he may never it was just a peck on the cheek, you know. He may never really get a real one. And then they both kind of like sit with that thought for a second of just like <laughs> never get a real one. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> so like it's it's like exploring like a much heavier thing that like also happens during that time in your life, yeah, you know. Yeah. For sure. Um, when you become goth. Yeah. <laughs> um and yeah, it just it's it was it's a good show and I really continue to recommend you watch it. <laughs> is there like an arc for each season or or is it sort of like sort more, of more I mean episodic? stuff is I mean it's very episodic but like stuff definitely like happens over the course of the season and like characters are left in different places than they started in like um I don't know why I'm blanking on the other characters names Maya is the Asian girl and the white girl's name is Maya and Ugh, what is her <laughs> name? It's so funny they named the show Penis. I know, right? <laughs> I just looked it up and I was like, I know Pen Fifteen looks like Penis, but I haven't really seen it in all caps written that way. Yeah, Anna. Anna. Yeah. So Anna's parents uh, divorce, and so the last, the first half of the season is about them going through the divorce, and the second half of the season they are divorced. And so it's like they're trying to like they're like trying to figure out who she's going to live with full time. And it's her mm -hmm. choice because she's old enough to choose. And so it's the parents are like kind of lobbying her and whatever. And her story kind of ends with them kind of like co-parenting in a really sweet way, like kind of coming coming past their differences to do what's right for their daughter, mm -hmm. which is like a really nice scene. She's like having some trouble with the boy that she's dating and they like they're on speakerphone together like talking to her about it this is in the year 2000 still yes mm -hmm. uh -huh. pre 9-11 yeah and so that's kind of the thing right is that it there was always this expectation that eventually we're going to get a 9-11 episode <laughs> but now the show ends before 9-11 damn um in an interesting way though because i don't want to spoil it because the last episode is really intense um 
and and like in a sad way uh sort of um i really like i'm i'm struggling not to like spoil yeah, it because it's like these characters are yeah, don't like tell the audience the like you get to know the characters in such a way that like what happens at the end like it's not the worst thing in the world that happens sure. but it's like it's bad enough that you're like oh like that sucks so much and like <laughs> what an intense like th- it, it it's just very like visceral but like do you cry in movies no ever never can you remember never once no that's not true i for a while when nico was first born i was crying all the time like a lot or just like tearing up tearing up i wouldn't cry for very long um but i definitely like was crying a lot when he was first born but i mean before that never right like almost zero times (laughs) um i would say maybe like once a year oh okay but that's something it's something sure <laughs> but you weren't but you we're talking like tearing no yeah, yeah, no yeah. sobbing no sobbing no never no i don't think i've sobbed since like uh, high school <laughs> no not high school it was a little later than high. i mean it <laughs> would have been like my first like big breakup uh sure after like a long relationship yeah 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 um but otherwise no uh <laughs> damn yeah no dead inside <laughs> I think that's just a guy thing. No, it's not. It's it's much worse. <laughs> really? No, it's yeah. I mean, I'm definitely like, I mean, putting listen s- to the bonus episode, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go to our bonus episode. If you want to hear about these that. things? Certainly not related. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel like guys don't cry as much. Mm. I mean, and I don't know if that's it's like a probably true. I f- I don't know if it's like a cultural thing or if it's some sort of like. I don't know. No, it's, I mean, it's definitely something? to some degree. It is definitely cultural. Mm-hmm. Like I've definitely like, there's been things that I've had to do. Do you think th- I'll cry in pen 15? Yes, okay. for sure. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> maybe not at what I'm talking about in the last episode, but there will be times that you'll cry for sure. Sure. Um, but uh, I love crying at YouTube videos because I feel so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> just like this is a dark souls video game lore video and i'm just like sobbing (laughs) it's great (laughs) um oh but what was i saying about like oh yeah there's definitely been times in my life where like i've had to do something where like it has been like like sad like really deeply sad and, and i feel it and then i'm like you have to you have to like put that away. Oh, really? Yeah. Specifically, I'm thinking about putting my cat down. <laughs> like, I'm thinking that, about that. You didn't that. cry when Taki died? No, I. Well, I mean, like, specifically when I was like taking him out of the house to go, and I was like, "This is happening." And yeah. I, was, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I know exactly what it is. It's toxic masculinity <laughs> shit, and, and being a father, and having things wrapped up in my own perception of fatherhood and whatever. But like when I was like taking Taki out of the house to like go have him put down. I definitely remember being like, don't cry. Don't cry. Don't let Mo see you cry. She's not going to let you go alone if you, and she can't, she can't be there. Oh, you're protecting. I was trying to protect her. Aww. And so I was like, don't let her see you cry because if she sees see, you cry, I had this emotion, she's going to come. I wouldn't be able to talk to you about it without crying uh-huh. just on the show. <laughs> yeah. Are you like almost crying right now? Just <laughs> yeah, thinking about bit. it. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel my saliva glands. <laughs> your saliva glands. <laughs> yeah what it's like my whole sinuses like start like 
twitching. You just drool? I'm not drooling. <laughs> I'm just picturing you <laughs> just crying out of your mouth. <laughs> Nothing comes out of your eyes at all. You're just like, you're making the sobbing sound, but just like <laughs> drool water just is falling like out of your mouth. Pouring out into my lap. <laughs> People are like, what are you doing? I'm crying. I'm crying. Don't you see? I'm it's crying. It's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> Just spitting. Oh, that's gross. So gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, it sounds good. Sounds like a good it's show. It's a very good show. I'd highly recommend watching it. And I would also highly recommend processing your emotions. Yeah. You know what? I think, uh, I th- have we looked at our like um, listener ratios recently because i think I it's know. mostly dude so process oh, your emotions <laughs> yeah sure process your emotions your your wife can handle it <laughs> probably maybe <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but i'm not trying to find out <laughs> well Bryn, what did you watch this well, week thank you for asking <laughs> you're very welcome <laughs> i watched a movie called the long goodbye mm. uh which is not about process it's about processing your emotions badly as well um it's a it's a movie uh directed by robert altman Mm -hmm. from 1972 two years before the godfather um starring elliot gould um we like a lot of a lot of good where's my phone a lot of really good people in this movie um some people i i really didn't know um i saw this movie because um I really like uh, movies like um, All the President's Men, um, uh, The Parallax View, like, mm-hmm. you know, someone trying to figure stuff out, mis- little mystery movies. Sure. So this movie is a um, a direct uh, adaptation of a Raymond Chandler movie, which I didn't, or book, excuse me, which I didn't know when I turned it on. Um, if you don't know, Raymond Chandler is like, one of the two big uh noir guys mm-hmm. he's like the guy who wrote like the maltese falcon i think and like philip marlowe um is the detective in all those movies or in those books sorry i keep saying movies when i mean books but he wrote um the big sleep um trying to trying to isn't the f- big sleep the one that you watched a couple That's weeks the ago big chill oh uh, and that was a couple oh. months ago. No, we're talking noir movies. Yeah. Or, or books, I should say. <laughs> the Big Sleep, Pharaoh, My Lovely, The High Window, The Long Goodbye. Okay, he didn't he didn't write The Maltese Falcon. But um, these movies are generally made with um, Humphrey Bogart, you know, in the 40s. Um, this one is from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a really weird movie because... Philip Marlowe was like a hard-boiled, like the original, yeah, like, like hard-boiled a, detective. Yeah, guy. like a like a calling them dames and whatever. Yeah, yeah. he's Humphrey Bogart. He's got he's you know a, a femme fatale Scram walks into his dame. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is the seventies in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it like it is not a period piece? Yeah, so, but is it in like intentionally a throwback or is it like so? So what's weird about it, I didn't know going in that it was literally a noir. Like, mm. but what it really feels like is Inherent Vice and Big Lebowski. Okay. And it's much more about, it's sort of the first one of these where it's like noir, but knows it's a noir. Sure. And Altman wanted to make it straight up a satire. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
the studio didn't really want that ha- to happen. And so kind of what you've got is this very weird metaphorical movie where Philip Marlowe, who's played by Elliot Gould, um, and is fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's sort of this anachronistic guy who's like morals are of the 40s. And he, he like literally drives like a 40s car and he's like constantly smoking. But like everyone else is like wooey vegan, like... 70s la people yeah and he's like literally every single he's never without a cigarette he, you see him light a cigarette probably 20 times mm-hmm. in this movie maybe more um and so he's this sort of like he's disheveled and he lives in a shithole and he's not a cool detective he's like a loser <laughs> uh-huh. uh, who's just like trying to make things but he's just like so loyal to his friends he's very like but what you see him do is like in the original book, apparently I learned this all after the fact, cause I was fascinated by this movie. Um, in the original book, you know, he's a detective. He's got like a pal in, on the, in the, in the police department and he's got like pals all around, but they m- sort of changed a lot of it where he's just like hates police uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and the police like arrest him and like, um, are like beat him up and, and like, he's really smart obviously so he's just like i'm not gonna tell you anything i don't have to you have no charges against me like yeah um it's a really uh but it's also functions as just a really good mystery movie um but what ends up being is sort of this movie about somebody who kind of expects people to play by certain rules Mm -hmm. um and then is just like constantly let down (laughs) by like every single person he meets Uh just being like so we begin with a 10 minute sequence of him having to feed his cat, uh, <laughs> which doesn't sound as fun as it is, Yeah, uh, but it is. He's just like, wakes up, doesn't have the cat food, has to go to the store. You meet his neighbors who are like four naked women who are constantly doing yoga on their balcony. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, can you pick us up brownie mix? He's like, sure. And Actually so, naked? Yeah. Nice. Top- topless the whole time. Um, and <laughs> and uh, it's the 70s in la so yeah. they're like nice they they, <laughs> they make uh they're they own a candle store is it um, like 70s boob shape too he, oh big time oh yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> just like in the godfather yeah um and uh so he goes to the store the the clerk is like doesn't help him out and he's like He's like, I don't know. I need a cat. He's like, don't you have a cat? And he's like, no, I got a girl. What do I need a cat for? <laughs> and then he comes back and then he feeds the cat and the cat doesn't want to eat it. Uh, so you're just like kind of learning about his life in this like long scene. Um, and then people break in and uh, and uh, he gets the cops come and his friend, Terry, his wife was killed and they're blaming Terry. Terry's uh gone so the cops take him in and uh think he must have had something to do with it um i'm sorry his friend comes by and his friend terry he's like hey Mm -hmm. you gotta drive me to tijuana i'm kind of in a in a pinch here he doesn't ask questions and he drives him there the next thing that happens he comes back and the cops are there they're like you just drove your friend to tijuana he killed his wife he's like no he didn't his wife is definitely alive. And he's like, no, she's not. She's dead. They take him in. They rough him up. They don't get any information. 
And then he's like, what happened though? Yeah. Like I'm a private investigator. This is my friend. Like, tell me what happened. They're like, no. <laughs> and so he has to like, go figure it out. Meanwhile, um, meanwhile, he meets this other woman who hires him to find her husband. Um, and then that kind of all ties together. And I don't want to get too far into like the mystery of it. Cause it's mm-hmm. kind of the fun of it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but basically you, it's a, because in original noir movies, like everyone sort of is like, you know, the femme fatale is usually the one who like turns on somebody or whatever. Right. But in this movie, just like every single person is lying to him uh-huh. and every single person is like using him in some way mm-hmm. uh, until he just like completely gets fed up and just kind of seems to like lose all hope. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it sounds more depressing than it is. He's just so cool. Mm-hmm. Like he is... I th- I feel like if you read anything about Cowboy Bebop, you might find that he's specifically the inspiration for Spike. And I'm not sure if that's true, but he looks and acts like him. Yeah. Um. He's just got like his fucking suit is all shitty all the time. And his ties all fucked up and mm-hmm. he's constantly smoking. And his like, he just has that smart ass like constantly, like the banter in this movie is off the charts like it's just constantly entertaining and you just like are really rooting for him to find something out and like do his job yeah um and just feel bad for him every time he's it like he gets fucked by it um like he (laughs) there's a scene where uh this crazy mobster guy like threatens to cut off his dick Mm -hmm. and he just like is not phased at all (laughs) he's just like yeah, that's not going to happen. And like there's not like there's 10 guys around him who could absolutely hold him down and do it, but he's right. just like I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> he has this real like great energy and he's just really good in the movie. Um but it ends up being this interesting sort of like it's not really nostalgic for the 40s. Right. It's just like showing how there's this infection in the world of like people just completely being selfish only for themselves. There's no camaraderie. There's no, does it feel like it's nostalgic for the genre though? No. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) It feels a lot like, uh, inherent vice to me. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like the proto inherent vice. There's really, the only difference is not really funny. Like it's, it's dry Inherent Vice is like over the top weird and like more specifically, I feel like as a big Pynchon fan, I feel like Pynchon may have just like watched the long and by and had like an idea to like more explicitly talk about like America in the seventies. Yeah. And then PTA just like made that movie. Joe you know Pynchon is from my hometown. Yes. I, I mean, I knew he's from Long Island. I didn't know he was from, he's Glen from Cove. your town. Yeah. What is it? Glen Cove. Oh, he's, you're from Glen Cove. Uh huh. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. I did know that. Thomas um, Pynchon is from Glen Cove. He still lives there, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, reclusively in a cabin somewhere or something. Yeah. Nobody knows what he looks like, really. I'm sure it's not a cabin. I mean, it's a suburb. He probably lives in like a house like oh, mine. Oh, actually, I just remembered that like ye- one year ago, I think during the pandemic, someone saw him and like oh, snapped really? a picture of him like in the shitty strip mall with like his grandson. Interesting. And he just like has this huge white beard. Can we pull up the like- picture? <laughs> I... I-, I- I don't know if it was like confirmed that that was actually him, but, uh, well, I can tell you at least if it's Glen Cove. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> what was it? 2020. 
It was recently. Is it? Nope. No, Am that's the Simpsons to... joke with the paper bag yeah, over it's his not head. That. Um, old. <laughs> Thomas Pynchon old. Ugh, I can't find it. Well, whatever. Whatever. Uh, I'll show you. To, I'll show you after. But anyway, uh, it really has that feeling of mm-hmm. just like a movie that ends up sort of being about decay. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and like sort of fighting against it, and then realizing that there's not a lot you can do about it. Right. Um, Does it end up like rounding out into being like? I know you don't want to like spoil the mystery and whatever, but like d- like you say like everybody's lying to him until he gives up hope. Like does it circle around into being like, but he, he does it anyway or something like that? No. Like, <laughs> nice. It, it ends up being like, there's like a sort of final, yeah, no, no more, no more. <laughs> <laughs> there's a final, uh, completion of what happened. Yeah. And it's also very hard to follow or on a moment to moment basis, you know exactly what's happening. Unlike the movie we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, there, there is like okay, you know the stakes, you know what's happening, and at the very end, the last couple of pieces for you to like go back and be like, oh, this is why they did all of these things. Yeah, kind of comes into place, and his reaction is just like to kind of succumb to the fact that there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah, and it sort of just it ends climactically, but I don't want to tell you how or why. Mm-hmm. Um, I will just say it's an impeccably made movie. Uh, it's shot by Vilmos Zygmunt. Mm-hmm. It's scored by John Williams. Ooh. And they have this weird idea to write a song, The Long Goodbye. It's like a th- the theme. And it's like this very old noirish sort of tinkly piano thing. But it is the only song in the movie. Uh-huh. It's the theme. Every radio is playing like, oh, it's a 50s or 70s like rock version of it. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's a like when the girls are singing like a like umbaya like yoga song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all naked. It's the long goodbye. Interesting. It's like, it's really weird. It gives the whole movie this weird dreamlike quality. Uh-huh. Um, I love that. That's like. Um, so interesting. That's like a uh, portal. Yeah. Everything is. Uh, everything is playing. The, Exile, like, Vilify the... or uh, Still Alive. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's like that. Right, the little samba version of yeah. the plays in the little radios. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, and so it gives it this weird. It opens and closes with "Hooray for Hollywood!" The Hollywood, mm-hmm. like the opening credits are that, and the ending credits are that. Uh, so it's just this really weird, sort of dreamy seventies yeah. L.A. murder mystery. Hell yeah! It's a great time um i was that's exciting i want to watch this yeah uh and i can't tell you enough how good elliot gould is oh yeah well we love an elliot i don't really know much of what else he's in Mm -hmm. but he's like a weird kind of sexy i didn't like really know i was like interested in yeah in this movie so good well he's somebody who's just like around a lot right like i'm trying to think of like what else i even know him from but he's like he's like hotter anthony bourdain <laughs> interesting in this movie um yeah i don't he's mash i guess oh he's old in oceans 12 this is why because he's like oh. he's like in oceans 12 he's in it and he's old yeah he's um he's the casino jew yeah 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 
on Ocean's Eleven. Uh-huh. He's like the big sunglasses guy, mm-hmm. and he's like gross in those movies. But uh, oh, but he's got like a certain sort of like charming hotness oh, no. to him. He's so lovable. I mean, mm-hmm. he's great in those movies. Oh yeah, he's in A Bridge Too Far. He's in Bugsy. Um, but he's just isn't he in The Godfather? I don't know, but you know who is in this movie? Um, he uh, is uh, Sterling Hayden. Uh, who plays the Irish cop who hits Michael. And he plays like basically Ernest Hemingway under a oh. different name. He's like the husband who she's, he's supposed to find. No, um, he's not in the Godfather. Um, um, but Sterling Hayden, also Jack D Ripper mm-hmm. um, is incredible in this movie as just this like drunk brutish writer. Yeah. Who like is constantly threatening to like hit his wife and you know always just spouting poetry and stuff it's he's amazing uh he's great in the godfather too anyway let's talk about the godfather yes Um, that's what we're here to talk about (laughs) got two years later after the long goodbye or maybe one year later it's 74 right godfather 1972 okay sorry the year after the godfather was the long goodbye so 1972 the Godfather, directed by Fran Cop, as Fran we all know, as we all know him, we love him. Um, starring Al Pacino and Marlon Brando, yeah, and Diane Keaton, for some reason, is um, that Diane Keaton? Isn't it? I mean, it's sure, it sounds like her for sure. I didn't think it was her though. I could be wrong. Um, you know, it is Diane Keaton. It is Sterling Hayden, uh, Robert Duvall. Um, you know it. One of the movies that is generally considered one of the best films of all time. Yeah. Um, very long, three hours long. Wow. Um, long movie. <laughs> uh, I feel like I was thinking about this before. I don't think we should really do a recap of this movie. No, it's. I mean, for a couple of reasons. One of them being, everyone knows what this movie is. Mm-hmm. We don't really have to tell you what happens in The Godfather. You probably have at least heard of it, and also. It's so long mm-hmm. and convoluted. It's a novel. Yes. It's not really a movie. It's like scenes from a novel. Yes. Uh, so broad strokes. Broad strokes. We are uh, we are with the Corleone family. Um, yeah, in the forties. In the forties, we start at the the wedding of Vito's daughter. Uh, Vito is the the father and patriarch of the family he's also the father and patriarch of the corleone mafia family right he's the leader of the mafia of a specific mafia family a word that they don't say in this movie mafia yeah no well because no mafia big thing about the mafia they don't say mafia <laughs> what they is that is that an italian it. word no 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 uh well the i think it is but the uh the the term is cosa nostra cosa nostra this thing of ours this that's what it means yeah you'll notice it in the sopranos too they always call it this thing of ours yeah because you can't be heard to say because the the line of defense until like the 70s or 80s was the mafia doesn't exist right. it's a racist stereotype <laughs> <laughs> right if you ever were caught up in anything you say there's no such thing as the mafia what do you mean you're being racist what would that even be a cabal yeah. <laughs> Of Italians? What, like a family sort of a structure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've got the mafia, and Marlon Brando plays the leader of yeah, Vito Corleone. family boss. And then 
uh, a war starts mm-hmm. because somebody guns him down. So there's five families. Yeah, there's a guy who's like selling heroin, and and uh, Marlon Brando's not keen on that. And he's like, "You gotta stop doing it. He says you gotta a- stop selling the." I can't believe he. First of all. Not Italian, Marlon Brando. Not Italian guy. Not the name. The name sounds like it could be. It's not. It's not. He's German. He's German. He's not Italian. Yeah. And so Bar- Brando. You gotta stop selling the hell. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do it. Yeah. He doesn't like getting into drugs. He thinks that that will ruin the whole thing of theirs. Which it does. He's he's correct. Absolutely correct. Um, but he doesn't want to do it. And because of that. Um, the other guy is like, oh, I got to kill you now. So he decides to put a hit out on him. He shoots him a bunch, doesn't kill him. Doesn't kill His, him. You're not going to believe this? Holding oranges. Right. You're going you, you're gonna to want to keep an eye out for those oranges. <laughs> Why? Because every time there's an orange on screen, somebody dies. Is that true? Or Yeah. Uh-huh. What? Yeah. I didn't notice that. It's some, it's some sort of like fucking film school shit. Who cares? You're supposed to pay attention to those oranges. Chris mentioned that when tony soprano in season one gets or they try to kill him Mm. he's holding orange juice he sure is and i feel like that's it is he was like maybe that's a reference you know it is okay uh (laughs) i didn't think about that has to be yeah uh so they kill they try to kill brando brando doesn't die but he's in like a coma he's in a coma for a long time sunny his oldest son takes over for a little while yep um sunny very cool we like sunny that's james con um we don't like him uh he is a cool looking dude yeah very nice looking guy in this nice looking guy uh but he's a hothead and he doesn't he's mad so michael the youngest son who is a war hero Who's trying not to get involved in the in the mafia Supposedly. at all? Supposedly, yeah, but he's very uh, <laughs> he's very keen, and he, he like immediately picks up our on introduction everything. Introduction like, to him, our introduction to Michael is he is so stoic as to be menacing mm-hmm. in the opening scene. He's wearing his like army war hero uniform, and Diane at the Ke- wedding and at the wedding, and Diane Keaton is like, uh what does your family do? And he's like, looks her dead in the eye. He's like, he murders people, but that's they not me. They do the mafia. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, but that's not me. I don't do that. And yeah. she's like, I do okay. regular murder. Yeah. So <laughs> for the government, Yeah. the first thing we see him do basically is being like, I want to kill the guy who killed, tried to kill my dad. Yes. And then in the best scene in the movie, uh, they catch a plan to, uh, kill the guy. Yeah. And that, is a great scene. They plant a gun at this restaurant. He takes his bathroom break to get the gun. Be- impeccably directed, mm-hmm. nicely edited. Uh, he kills those guys and then fucks off to Italy. Yeah, um, where we begin the perhaps worst. controversially the worst sequence of the movie the, and the most cuttable part. The worst part of the movie <laughs> uh, is when he is in Italy doing god fucking nothing <laughs> for the whole time. Although I will say. The coolest looking part of the movie, I think. Okay. It yeah, looks yeah. pretty cool. All the outfits the mo- are really sick. Like, yeah. it's it's fun to see him wandering around the Sicilian wilderness. The movie, cool old cars. Gotta say, movie looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, the, don't let's not be. Now there is some really weird editing mistakes that I yeah. noticed this time around, uh, which we'll get to. Um, but and there is some sh- stuff that looks like dog shit too like for yeah. example spinning newspapers oh yeah you're calling this the best movie ever made <laughs> and you got spinning newspapers that's a different time so uh <laughs> uh so yeah he's in in italy or sicily i'm not sure he's in sicily yeah he's in sicily it's part of italy but whatever <laughs> uh <laughs> geography was never my strong suit as we've covered on the show before uh 
And so he's in Sicily the whole time he's there. He meets a woman, wants to fuck the woman, gets married to the woman, and then she dies. Yes. Um, Meanwhile, Diane Keaton is waiting for him at home. She wants to know where Michael is. No yeah. one will tell her. Uh, Fredo, the, during this time, they're trying to move to Los Angeles. Las some, Vegas. Las, excuse me, Las Vegas. For some reason, Fredo Not, is the other brother. Fredo is the, brothers the middle are brother. Sonny, Michael, well, you and feel Fredo. very bad for for just being kind of like a, a, a sad, doofus. a sad doofus, a weird gay doofus. Yeah, I like Fredo. He's definitely queer coded, at least, right? For sure, he's got the big thing, and and uh, Sal, not Sal, uh, Mo, mm-hmm. the his boss is maybe they're fucking. You know, it's like yeah, they're very yeah. kind of queer together. Um, but anyway, eventually Michael comes back and. Uh, Brando wakes up from this coma just in time mm-hmm. to be like, "We're gonna make peace." They make peace. Yeah. Um. And then he's starting to like transition out of being the boss, and he's like, "Michael, I want you to take over the." F- Sorry, Michael, I want you to take over the family. Sonny gets killed for no reason. Oh yeah. Um. Um. But he's like, he's killed in the midst of like wanting to murder his sister's husband for beating her um for but 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 she's never explained you don't i will say the other really good scene in this movie is the first time that he beats the shit out of her husband though i love that scene oh great scene when he like beats the shit out of him in the street like throws him over the fence into the garbage pails and stuff (laughs) good stunts yeah oh yeah good stunt acting for the time period it looks really good uh it's funny how he doesn't say why he's there uh mm-hmm. until the very end he's possibly unconscious yeah he says you ever touch my sister again i'll kill you yeah um and he It'd does be funny if you had lost consciousness <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he didn't hear that and that's why he beats her up the second time <laughs> right and then michael kills him yes uh um, at the end, very very end of the movie right which who cares also a very good scene when he kills carlo when, when he kills carlo and like his feet are kicking through the windshield and shit yeah i guess so it's cool i guess I don't know that that's by that time of the movie. I'm just like, please be over. Sure. sure. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so, and then basically uh, Vito or Sonny dies. And so Vito is taking over and he's like, Michael, you're in charge now as I'm ailing and dying. Yeah. Um, and so he starts to take over. He's negotiating the move to Vegas. Um, and he's like, Fredo, don't make me fucking kill you. Um, and then he, you know, he's protecting his sister now. Vito does die in the tomatoes in a nice little scene. Yeah, but, um, but he had an orange in his mouth before that. Did he really? You're going to want to pay attention to those oranges. That's so stupid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Remember he's chasing because he cuts the, the orange to look like funny monster oh, teeth yeah, and he yeah. chases his grandson around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who cares sure well, what could yeah. that possibly mean i think it's like some sicilian shit or something like oranges mean death or whatever i okay. don't know um and then that's uh so he kills he kills his sister's wife she's real mad at him and then the very end of the sequence diane keaton and him are in a room and she's like did you kill your sister's husband and uh remember we haven't really ever seen them together they don't really have a scene together no uh we don't care about diane keaton she has no personality or motivation or desires um and she's like oh michael did you are you the leader of the mafia and he's like don't ask me about my business and he's like it's a racist myth one time you can ask me about my business ask me about my business she says did you kill her 
your sister's husband? And he says, no. <laughs> and she's like, okay, great. And, she's and like, she great. leaves. Yeah. And uh, then they close the door, symbolizing her being shut out. Yes. Whatever. Also, there's a sequence during the, I mean, the, the most famous sequence of the movie, most certainly, uh, when he's at the christening of his sister's Oof, child. What? Uh, and they're doing the whole like, do you believe in God? And he's like, yes. And he's like, do you reject Satan? And he like offers gyms into the camera. He's like, I, I yes, renounce Satan. I do renounce Satan. <laughs> but then like as that's going, they do the the oh, they right. murder I to, all the dons of all the other families. I forgot to mention he kills every leader, every other leader. Yeah. After Vito's made peace mm-hmm. for unclear reasons. Unclear reasons. Yeah, it's um, really not very spelled out. No. It's, uh, I've seen this movie a few times and I still really don't get what happens there. <laughs> we were like looking it up. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, if you can tell, we're not super hot on this movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably, I have no idea what you think. Well, actually, before we go into this, when did you first see this movie? I was very young. I was really, really young. What I mean, is your history? I, you're a half Italian, so. I'm, I'm, I'd say I'm like, I'm physically half Italian, but the 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 family that I spent most of my life with was You're culturally was, Italian. Yeah, like the family that I spent most of my life with was the Italian side of my family. Yeah. I didn't really know the Jewish side as well. Um so I mean I, I grew up around this type of shit. But interestingly <laughs> enough, it was my Jewish dad who showed me the Godfather the Interesting. first time. Yeah. Um because well he's also I mean he's a Long Island Jew, so he wishes he was Italian. Of course, yeah. But he um he showed me this for the first time. Are there any Jews in this movie? Uh, no, but there is the second one. Yeah, I know. Um, but uh, yeah, he showed it to me for the first time. I want to say I was not a teenager yet, so I was wow, probably really like, young. yeah, I was pretty young. And the thing that stuck with me the most was the guy getting shot in the eye during the big sequence. Oh, that's, Mo, yeah. that's the part that really stuck with me. Just like it, like emotionally, res- like you were like, oh, no, Jesus. Just, I don't think so. I think it just literally was like the only image that was like, like sensational cool. enough yeah. to penetrate. Because <laughs> otherwise, it's a long movie and it's very slow it's and it's not good for kids. Boring. Um, but yeah, I think I saw it that time, and then I saw it maybe like two or three other times throughout my life, and then this is the first time watching it in a few years at least. Okay, so I saw this movie when I was, I think, fourteen or fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, really. 13, 14 was the years I was like really getting into movies, like just going to the movies by myself, watching everything I could. Um, And uh, this was one of the first ones that I was just like, well, everyone says it's the best movie. It's this, Citizen Kane, you know, you got to watch these, Casablanca. Uh, So I saw it. And I think what I recall is this movie maybe being like the first time I realized I had a hot take. Mm. which is like I had seen Citizen Kane and I was like, wow, Citizen Kane is good. Yeah. Eraserhead is great. One of my favorite movies of all time. And I remember being like, this movie isn't good. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that was my 14-year-old take. Um, and being like, oh, people get mad when you say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I probably milked that annoyingly. Um, but my current, so this was this is the first time I've seen it since then. And I was fully expecting to be like, well, I was this dumb kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure it had a lot of. There's been lots of movies that I saw and didn't like as a kid, and revisited as an adult, and 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 really liked it. And this was not one of them. Yeah, I think this is worse than I remember it. Um, 
because my I think my feeling at the time was that it it was a bad story because you don't really connect with Michael, you don't understand his motivations. Mm-hmm. He's not a very good main character. And in preparation for watching this, I was thinking like, I bet it's more of an ensemble movie. It's sort of a more like historical looking at, uh, you know, what was going on in the 40s. And it's not that either. No. It's just a very poorly at a poorly made adaptation or poorly written adaptation of a really long book. I think what it is, the way that I'm, that I understood it this time around, because I think I liked it better this time than I've liked it in the past. I still don't think that I would say that I like this better than like a lot of other mafia movies. Yeah. (laughs) Like I would say like on a, just on a fundamental level, I would rather watch Goodfellas. I'd rather watch Casino. I'd rather watch um, Donnie Brasco. Okay. Then watch The Godfather again. Um, I mean, I don't really remember Goodfellas that we should probably revisit that. We at should some revisit point. that, but I would definitely like it. Considering I mean, I've been enjoying The Sopranos, mm-hmm. um, and I loved Casino when I saw it for the first time last year or this year, um, I kind of do want to revisit Goodfellas and see if I've my opinions changed. Yeah. But uh, this was, I was pretty surprised how, how little my how correct i was as a 14 year old yeah so what i was gonna say is like i think i liked this better than the last time i watched it i can't fully remember but i mean like i had my preconceived thing coming into it which is that it's a long boring movie (laughs) and i do still think it's a long boring movie um but i think what i understood it to be this time is like it's a very vibey movie and that's Uh how you have to kind of like you have to immerse yourself and not worry about the plot necessarily because (laughs) you're you're gonna be coming up short if you're looking for that sort of entertainment from it right like you have to be like but i mean but it's still a problem because like scenes aren't very long (laughs) you know which is the biggest problem it's just and um it feels like we were talking on the bonus episode about christopher nolan Mm -hmm. um and I think Christopher Nolan really has this problem too, where everything feels like the movie feels like it's going on too long and every scene feels too short. Yeah. Um, because he's not really interested in letting characters have character. Mm-hmm. It's sort of just like getting you to like getting the plot done. And it's funny cause this movie once or twice allows you to be in the moment. And when it does, it's so strong specifically the 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 scene where he's where he kills uh the cop yeah um he gets hit by a cop um and the he's being paid off by the people who killed his dad um or tried to kill his dad and then there's this long drawn out sequence where they take him to the restaurant and he's nervous they shake him you know they pat oh, him but down. even all the stuff that's coming before that too is really nice where yeah. they're like plotting and planning and like talking it through and like really the first moment you get with him that great scene where they're all like where uh uh sunny is in like the wife beater and the suspenders yeah. and they're all at the table together and he's like look you got to make sure that we got the best guy it's, it's such a funny thing to be strategizing so intensely about because it's literally just taping a gun to the back of a toilet <laughs> but he's like you got to have your best fucking guy tape that gun to the back of the toilet <laughs> i don't want my brother coming out of here with only his dick in his hand yeah um yeah i mean and like really the the one of the only good scenes with michael i think um that whole sequence where he's sort of just like if you 
give me a gun and put me in a room with him. I'll kill him. And like, it's, it zooms in on him and it's like very serious. And then everyone just laughs at him. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this isn't like, you know, you're, this isn't army shit. And like that whole like dynamic of like, he's the little brother and like, you're allowed to forget that for a second. Like there's really clever and nicely made stuff in yeah. the movie. And there's a really great, I love like when he is in the bathroom with the gun and he like looks himself in the mirror for like two seconds. It's really not a long moment. Yeah. And he goes out and you're like, holy shit, this guy's like really ready to fucking do it. And then he instantly like pussies out for a second and like sits back down at the table and you're like, you could have just blown it. Yeah. You could have just blown it. He could have frisked you again and you'd be fucked. Yeah. Like you could have just shot them both in the back of the head, but you went and sat down at the table again because you, you pussied out and they give him a moment there to like, his face is just like, Oh, am I really gonna do this? <laughs> and then he like he shoots them and he blows it instantly by like lingering too long and then he like he doesn't do the cool drop like the guy tells he, him like, to do. He like kind of throws it in the air a little bit. And like, I fucking love like this is why people love this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, because there are sequences like this that I could like sit and pick apart film bro style. Because yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the the moment he pulls the gun out he stands up from behind the camera and the guy's just like looking at the gun and his acting is like what the fuck are you gonna shoot me in the face it it like lingers just long enough and he hesitates for just long enough for you to like see the guy realize it and then shoots him in the face yeah and then the cop is just like what (laughs) and then he shoots him in the neck and then and then shoots him in the head because he misses yeah and like just every every fucking decision in that sequence is amazing i really i think that the reputation of this film is so dependent on those scenes right and i think that's what it is right is it's like when you're thinking of the godfather you're thinking of this scene and you're thinking of like the sequence of of michael doing the christening over top of the intense music over top of the assassinations like another very masterful sequence like these things work really well that this time i mean like his acting in it is pretty atrocious (laughs) but i love like when they cut away from him and you just hear his voice with the music and the assassinations i think that is really powerful i think you're right i think the it's when they cut back to him and he's literally looking into the camera like (laughs) winking to be like i reject satan and all his power (laughs) i i think that it's it's really well made Mm -hmm. um but i think the problem with it is that it's a dumb idea uh-huh. It just feels so on the nose to me to just be like, you're evil now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's it's probably was a great idea at the time, and then it's just been done better, you know? Yeah. Um, well, so I think it's, it's just hard like, to judge, but I just didn't really like that this time. I think it it's interesting so. in the context of the mafia, right? And 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 the way in which it it does blend like this like religion and crime together like yeah like you'll see later in the sopranos when like christopher like gets made and they go through the whole like ceremony with that that ends up being christopher's like, not made what does made mean then it's it's mafia tenure right it's like when you're like really in the mafia now like he's not in the mafia he's like he's an associate he's you know he works for the mafia but he doesn't have tenure yet oh i don't know i didn't know that it means like <laughs> like it means that he could get like if he got murdered like there could be consequences but like if you're made then if you get murdered then there's like definitely like extra protection yeah like, exactly it's like nobody will fuck with you because if you fuck with them then you'll get like tortured to death i say um 
but anyway so um sorry but I like the the <laughs> the um like the process of making him like there's like a whole religious angle to it and like the way that those things blend together is so interesting because of like the like the cognitive dissonance and so i think that that's what makes that scene really function for me is like him doing this very religious ritual of of christening a child and being the godfather and whatever and it's like i mean it kind of sucks because it's like the name of the movie and whatever and so that's kind of <laughs> yeah. lame but like i don't know i i i like the mix of the like i think it's it's corny when they do the like do you reject satan part but ultimately like baptizing a baby while people are murdering at your at your call is like yeah. a pretty fucking intense juxtaposition <laughs> yeah it's okay. I, I think it's a little over the top for me. It mm-hmm. just feels... I, I, yeah, I, I can see it both ways. But they go so over the top um, because of the words. Yeah. Because of the... Are they really asking people who to reject Satan? At oh, yeah. Christenings? Absolutely, yes. It seems so weird. They did it for me. That's so weird. I'm, I'm uh, my, <laughs> my nephew's godfather, and they absolutely asked me this line Do of questions. reject Satan? Did you feel like the godfather? i mean i was it I funny? pulled my brother aside like when he asked me to be the godfather and i was like look dude like i'll do whatever you want me to do because you're my brother and i love you but you have to know that if you die your son is not learning about god <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you just have to know this is not happening <laughs> and he's like that's fine that's fine <laughs> it's absolutely um, fine yeah so uh yeah i think there's good moments but like there isn't any good moments of like character building. Yeah. Like there's barely anything. Like I think the one I can think of is like Fredo and Michael in this movie sort of have like, don't you know when he's like, don't ever take sides against the family. Yeah. Like that stuff feels a little like imbued or something. But even the scene where Don Vito is like, I never wanted this for you. I always thought you'd be the one to not do it. It feels so empty. And yeah. Michael is just like staring there and being like, well, I'm doing it. Uh. Well, but that's kind of, I think <laughs> that's the idea, right? Is that he's already like, it's too little too late from, from Vito, right? It's like, if you really fucking meant this, you would have said it, you know, a year ago, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you would have said way longer ago, like, I don't want this for you. You wouldn't have made him the boss. He's already the boss at that point. Yeah, like, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. have made him your fucking protege. <laughs> you would have given it to, uh, to, to, uh, to Fredo, to what's his name? The lawyer, you know, like oh, fucking yeah. give it to him. It doesn't have to be Tom. your family, you know, <laughs> it's gotta be family. Um, it, it, like, so it's, it's too little too late. And so to some degree, I feel like Michael is kind of expressing that in that moment where he's just like, yeah, well, tough shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you fucking want? But that's the problem with this movie is that Michael is kind of your perspective character. And he's nothing. And he's nothing. He's really he, nothing. He yeah. has, I mean, he barely smiles or has any emotion. And it, and it just doesn't really make sense because he's like, I guess, supposed to be charming in the scene where he's like, hey, I didn't mean to offend you. Like, I want to meet your daughter and like, you know, in when he's in Sicily yeah, and it's just like, he seems like a fucking cold blooded freak. Like he's just always just like dead eyed. And like, even when he's like apologizing to, uh, Diane Keaton, he comes back and he's like, I've been back a year. Yeah. And she's like, where have you been? He's like, Oh, I actually love you though. I'm, I need you. And it's just like, <laughs> you don't believe it at all. Yeah. 
And it feels like she's being like ushered into her like own casket. Like when she gets <laughs> in the car, you know, yeah. it's a, uh, it's so bad. And I don't know if that's a choice, but it, the one thing I wanted to say, um, the sort of like synecdoche of it, the, the, ex- the best example of the movie's biggest problem is that when I was watching this in Sicily, he still has a black eye. Did you notice that this time? No. He's like, he gets punched by the cop. Right. And then the whole time he's in Sicily, he has a black eye. And I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Did they fuck up and forget? Like, how much time has passed? At his wedding, it's like all big. Yeah. And he's got like a handkerchief constantly with him. He's like wiping it and stuff. I wonder blood. if like in the book, like yes. so in it got the, infected or that's something. That's exactly what happened. Oh, shut up. And really? In the book, it like seems to be i looked this up because i was like what it, why did they have a much see him a man shiner? this is what i'm fucking saying about this is like a proto marvel movie yes like this absolutely has all the all the trademarks of like the godfather book is like so important so sacred you to, gotta to people have, you've got to have you've got to have spider-man have the mechanical webs yeah if it's a if it's a gland that's gross and weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah we gotta have kang show up in yeah. the new like stuff nobody cares about uh but i the thing is is that the novel if you think about it like he gets hit and then it's this festering wound yeah that is like you can imagine his internal self dealing with this thing oh yeah you know what would have been good in the movie is mentioning that yeah. <laughs> and then like maybe he even like i mean shit you could go a little more on the nose about it and just be he could have a monologue where he just says like you know this thing still fucking hurts me and like as much as, a, like, as the- like i'm still carrying this this pain with me even though i've i've killed the man and i've i've left you yeah. know and it like it that's what it's supposed to do novel wise that's how you write a good book like yeah you, you don't just say that you write it and that's like that's good but no one can tell he's just got a black spot in his yeah. eye and then it's gone and it's like that's to me like the main problem with it's the a movie. wink to the fans sort of shit but the book didn't have like comic book fans <laughs> well as far as i can tell it wasn't even a big book it, i really honest to god like I think that there is, this is the perfect movie for a recut. This is the perfect movie for like the fan cut, like trim, trim an hour off of this movie. Yeah. And you've got the best movie ever made. (laughs) Uh, I I still think there isn't enough with Michael to make him the main character. Like I don't, Well, that's what I think you got to do. Partly is like you cut all of Sicily. Sicily never happens. What is the point of it? Like, nothing. There's nothing that happens there. He meets a wife who dies and impacts the plot in no way. Yeah. <laughs> he just needs to get away for a little while. You could literally just have Sonny say to him, we're sending you to Sicily. And he's like, all right, I'll see you in a while. And then he leaves <laughs> and then he comes back. <laughs> and they're like, wow, Sicily, crazy, huh? Anyway, here's what's been going on with us. Yeah, yeah. It, we don't. We could have a little bit of Diane Keaton. Like, Where is he? It's been one year later. Or don't two- even care. Don't even care because it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they end up married anyway. <laughs> yes. And, but that's the thing. It's just we don't, we don't get anything with their relationship. And I mean, if the point of the movie is to show this guy like descent into darkness, you have to have somebody who isn't already a freak. Yeah. Like, and we don't have that. We don't have footage of it. You can't cut it in. We don't have him being like a bright eyed, bushy tail. Like, what does he want to do if not 
be in the mafia yeah like we don't even have him being like i'm gonna sell fruit or like whatever yeah yeah, yeah. there's no like steve buscemi in uh in the sopranos wanting to like open a massage parlor yeah there's nothing like that there's no like hey i want to do something different he's just like he's there and he's like this is how it is and it's like but i'm not gonna do it and then as soon as there's a chance for him to do it he does it and so it's like you always wanted to do this. There was never any through line of like descent into darkness. Right. And then once he's dark, he's just dark and it's boring. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, he's a boss. And we know that this is my big problem with the thing as a teenager. Was it, it's the real version of people complaining that Martin Scorsese like thinks these guys are cool. Yeah. You know, is that friend cop thinks these guys are amazing and it's important. And so like, they're so stoic and yeah, there's no, there's not even like the slightest whiff of the idea that Michael is like, I mean, you, the most they give you is like the final scene where he's like, yeah, baby, of course I didn't kill him. Yeah. Anyway, see you later. Closing <laughs> office door. Like yeah, that's getting, the most that you're that you get out of it. Getting my like, hands kissed while my wife looks at me being the Godfather. Yeah. It's like, what do you think? She's some sort of idiot. Like, <laughs> I don't get what I'm supposed to take away here. Yeah. Uh, which is why the m- second movie works. Now I've never seen the second movie. What? Yeah. See, the second movie feels like it's written as a movie mm-hmm. where what you see is Robert De Niro in like the early 1900s as Brando, right. like young Brando. Does he talk like him? Not really. I mean, like, <laughs> no, no, he talks like De Niro. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, he's got a little bit of a, like, uh, Italian sure, to you gotta, him. You got to have it. But it's it's good. It works really well. This is also, this is my take from being 15. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I don't remember. I haven't seen it since then either. I know. I might just, I honestly might just, like, pull it up because I really don't think I've ever seen it. My, my reaction to the second movie was that it's one part, this guy who's, it's basically what they wanted Michael to be, really earnestly being like, I can do better for my family. I'm an immigrant from Italy. I'm going to make something of myself. Mm-hmm. And really, you get that from him. And he's such a charming guy. And Michael, already evil. Yeah. Like, full into, like, just being an asshole. And this, you know, you know the story. Fredo, how could you do? He right, kills Fredo. Yeah. Um, and, like, these sort of, like, it happens all at the same time because it's like cut in between. So it's like jumping between past and the future. Mm -hmm. And so it's this weird, beautiful arc of like someone getting to like power and feeling bad about it. And then somebody being in power and like getting darker and losing it. Right. And it's beautiful. And I, and, and the thing is, is that Fran cop still thinks they're awesome. Mm-hmm. And he thinks this is so like grand and stoic, which and is beautiful. like I mean, it's fine if you at least tell a good story. But that's the thing; it there's a story in there, and I think I liked The Godfather two a lot, and I do think it's one of the better movies I've seen. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if I personally would call it one of the best movies of all time, but I did think it was really well made and really well acted and and really well constructed. Yeah, and this movie just feels like a slavish a slavish uh adaptation that doesn't need to be slavish and is completely torn apart by it it's just a fucking grind (laughs) it really is a grind and it's like you you have some element of you that's watching it just being like come on man you gotta (laughs) you you come on like just like (laughs) like i feel like most of my emotion watching this movie was just being like you gotta like it, man. 
oh, you were trying to feel like you should like it. Yeah, because it's like everybody likes this thing, man. Like, there's got to be, <laughs> like, you're never right when you're like, you're like, everyone likes this thing, but I think it's bullshit. You're never right. I, oh, I see. I am right, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm right. I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure I'm just like, it's it's my ADD, you know, inability to focus on the plot i have gone to a movie theater and sat through a seven hour film that i love yeah it's not my add it's just poorly constructed and i think the thing is that i think it's a good idea though to Mm. like look at this movie and be like why do people like it and i think the reason is is because it's cool it has it has high peaks it has really high it has high peaks it has i don't think the valleys are that low i don't think that it's like ever a bad movie but i think that the valleys are longer than people remember them. Yes. That's what I really think it is, is this movie does better in your memory than it does on the screen. I think that's, I think I do agree with that. Uh, I don't think it's fair to say it's a bad movie. No, it's certainly not a bad movie. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big try. It's a real hard swing. Mm -hmm. And I think that, it, in in places it's very successful yeah and in places it's really not um and for the time period the scale of uh, the magnitude of it whatever it's like i i get it and i also get trying, why it's important right and also trying just doing such it's so influential and its peaks are so echo throughout film history mm. like of course it's important and i think people like it because of those things um sitting down and actually watching the godfather if you're not like super into italy and the mafia (laughs) it's just not it's not a fun time yeah definitely i i think you're right about it being vibes based is that like if you want to spend time with italian family you know it, it the wedding sequence in the beginning is half an hour yeah it's so long it's so long but it feels really cool. No. Like when you're in the wedding, <laughs> like when you're in Vito's office, don't give a shit at all, mm-hmm. even a little bit. When you're out in the wedding, love it. Absolutely love uh, it. I, I, It really did remind me of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not Italian, I'm Mexican. And so like my side of the family- Very that, similar. But kind of similar customs. And so mm-hmm. like it kind of like reminded me and it felt very real and like very- truthful i guess yeah and so i was like maybe if you are an italian person or an american italian person this feels very like cool in a it's, way that if it was mexican traditions i would sort of feel very like oh yeah i like vibing with this i get that um and i think that it's it's that's why it's remembered so much is because people just like being in this world of the 40s italy all of really, these customs. the 40s i don't really care for as much it's it's like it barely feels like a, a time It very period. rarely does because you don't see like technology very often. Um, right, and it wouldn't because it's, uh, you know, it's shot in the 70s and it's like, what else is different except TVs are better? Yeah, I mean, like cars are different, guns are different. Like right. when you see a car or a gun, you're like, oh yeah, it's old time. It's old time, yeah. Um, but um, I mean, like it's, I guess this is more a testament to the actual directing and cinematography and styling and things like that than it is to the to the the script or anything like that right because it's like the moments where the movie feels strongest for me aside from like the actually masterfully executed scenes like the like the the assassination 
are the moments like like the wedding or like uh, Vito with his grandson in the backyard with the tomatoes. These mm-hmm. scenes that just feel very like rich and lived in and like yeah, like you can actually sit there and feel like when they're in the backyard and he's chasing him around with the bug spray and whatever. Like I can fucking smell the tomato plants. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's it's really evocative. It's really beautiful. It it feels like a novel. It you looks know? great. It, it it feels like it's jumping out of the screen at you. But then you just you don't remember until you watch it that that is you know surrounded by fucking like endless sequences of just like who the fuck knows what (laughs) well there's like a ton of stuff where like Vito's just like talking to people who you don't really know what their names are or care because it's like it's like this is a movie that if it was made now it would be a show Mm -hmm. like they want like Coppola wanted to do the whole thing. Like he would have made an eight-hour movie if he could have. Yeah, this movie is so long. He wanted he wanted to do all of the thing and give it the time. And honestly, probably would have been a fantastic show. Yeah. Like I, you know, if he could have, if you could have taken the cinematography and actors of that time and given them the sort of like release technology we have now, beautiful show. I'm sure. I'd say it would even be good now. Like if they just did, like they'll never sure. do it because this would be like the ultimate sacred cow that you cannot do anything to but like i would love it love it so much if hbo here's the real hot take (laughs) if you saw a godfather show if if hbo gave it to david chase and said make a godfather tv show wow that's what i want to just like make it the book make it the book get really into it which apparently i just checked and i don't don't add us on this it was insanely popular it was like okay it was like 62 weeks at number one bestseller all right so then that makes a little more sense so So this is a proto marvel movie yeah literally there was weebs for this movie for this book (laughs) and like people were gonna oh yeah what would italian weebs be called um Italians, Gweebs. I Gweebs. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> this is a Gweeb movie. <laughs> oh, oh, we man. have unearthed something very powerful. <laughs> it just came out. <laughs> You're just like, oh, fuck. Oh, wow. <laughs> How has no one ever said Gweebs before? Oh, gang. <laughs> very excited about the potential of this one. <laughs> oh, get ready for a lot of tweets this week. <laughs> oh, cuz well, you don't even know, man. After after Christmas is over, my my Twitter persona is switching over. Oh, you already have a plan. I've got it. I've got it set. I right now, as everybody knows, I'm sure. It's Venom Grinch. I'm Venom Grinch. Uh-huh. Next month, <laughs> Italian Venom. Italian Venom. Italian Venom. Mm. I got uh, a a fan to paint a picture of. It's Venom. Wait, you have, wait, 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 wait. You have people make those images like Venom. No, 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 it's usually something I find. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but somebody somebody added me the other day with a drawing of Venom Grinch that they made, and I was like, "Can you make this for me? I have an idea." <laughs> and the <laughs> idea is it's Venom, but where he has the white spider on his chest. Yeah. Now it says FBI full blooded Italian. <laughs> Like one of those t-shirts. Yeah, it's in red, green, yeah. and white. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for Gweeb posting hours. Yeah, so look out for that. Yeah. Uh, so, Fran Cop is a great director. I mean, like, his... the Absolutely. Like, the run he went on after this, uh, the conversation, which, have you ever seen the conversation? No. Writing that down on the list. Because, unfortunately, we have to talk about it because it's 
by far his best film. Uh, he did it right after this movie. Um, and it's, it's incredible. Um, and then he did, uh, Godfather part two, which mm-hmm. is better. And then apocalypse now. So yeah. you've got this movie. That's a wild run. Yeah. In, 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 I mean, apocalypse now took him a long time, five years. So we've got 72 to 79 was just like four incredible movies. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he, uh, he's got a lot of ideas and he's got a lot of stuff he's working with. Um, it would be completely dishonest to say that it's a bad movie, but I do think that it's a bad script. Mm-hmm. I think he, he tried too hard to put everything he liked about the screen, the novel. Did he write this too? I don't know. I doubt it. Let's find out. It is screenplay is by Mario Puzo and Francis Ford Coppola. Okay. So yeah, it sounds like he did. He basically probably was like, I'm going to make your book and mm-hmm. like, help me write the screenplay. So it, I think the Gweeb thing is a hundred percent true. It's ruined by being too slavishly addicted to, or uh, translating the book. And, and I think it really hurts the movie. And I, I don't think you can call this one of the best movies of all time. Like, I think it's a, a, a really successful movie in places, but it, it, it just, it's so bogged down in its own love of itself. Yeah. I think that, um, I, I don't think I would call this one of the best movies ever made. No. Um, but I would say that there are moments in it where you can understand why people say that. Absolutely. It's a fascinating try. And I, I, I think the reason I was so staunchly against it for so long was the fans of it. Like it's, mm. it's a, this is the Dave Matthews band of movies <laughs> or, or whatever. I maybe pick a band you like better, but I like, I think they're okay. Um, but, uh, you know, there's all of these people who saw this movie and were like, I want to be Italian and I want to be in the mafia. Right. I just right, created right. this whole shitty fan base. It's like Marvel movies, I guess. Like, it's, it's like, yeah, there, there aren't, there are okay Marvel movies that are worth watching, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, if you listen to a Marvel fan and all saying one of them is bad is like tantamount to, you know, crimes. And right. it's just like this movie created a bunch of weebs who are like, I uh I don't fucking it care comes what so you think. naturally, yeah. Gweebs. I now I can never not say it. <laughs> <laughs> Gweebs ruined the Godfather. I can't I wait. Saying. I have to text Katie. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta wrap up this episode. <laughs> but one thing, one more thing, I wanted to talk about. Okay. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up this episode, um, is there is one sequence in this movie where he's getting his gun wrapped up. The guy is like the fat guy is like mm-hmm. showing him the gun and like showing him how it works. And he's like, is the trigger too hard? And then he says something about Hitler and he's like, you know, they wouldn't have gotten Hitler. And I was like, wait, are Italian Americans not pro Hitler? Are they not? What? Wait, like, did you think that Italian Americans are pro Hitler? Well, because Italy was on their side. Yeah, no, Italian-Americans became very American during World War II. Okay, because um, that was surprising to me. I was like, well, I would have assumed they would have been pro-Mussolini. No, 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 no. Not pro-Mussolini. Absolutely not, no. Because okay. it's a different generation, right? It's like the... Um, but what about Vito? And like, was there no... I'm Vito, sure... Like- Vito presumed... I mean, I don't know because, of them, uh, you know... I don't know anybody from like who was an ad- like an adult during that time period. Like, yeah, the yeah. only people I ever knew were like people like my grandfather for example like you know he grew up speaking italian at home he was extremely italian yeah 
but he fought for the United States in World War II. Against like, Italy. He, he went and signed up. He was excited to, you know. And, uh, I mean, he was in Germany, but, I mean, he would have gone to Italy if they made him go there. I mean, there wasn't really more, I mean, many, like, frontiers of of battle mm-hmm. between Americans and the Italians, right? No, I like, think it was mostly, um, it was, all that shit was happening in, like, Ethiopia and whatever yeah, yeah, with, yeah, like, yeah. other European countries. I don't think, it never seemed like Italy was, like really in the war <laughs> well they were really in the war but it never seemed like they were like a big enough problem that like the americans needed to get down there i who the fuck knows right it just was so surprising been I, a long time since i read about any of this shit i would have been i would have thought mm-hmm. that like the mafia would have been pro mussolini no, like, no 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 they were i mean they're super gung-ho like the, it's one of the ironies that's that's poked fun at a lot in in the sopranos is like the times in which italian americans are italian and the times in which they're american right okay and like the times like later on in the series in particular after 911 like the funny times that like that that the mafia guys are like actually pro fbi because they're like going after the terrorists or whatever <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny i can't wait to get there we will um, we'll soon um yeah I, I, so for me i would say I would say not recommend. Just, oh, get out of here. You got to recommend. The thing is, is that everyone has recommended this movie to oh, you. Oh, sure. That's true. Yeah. You don't need another recommendation. Me personally, I don't recommend watching it because mm. it's pretty boring and you don't really need it to watch two, which I think two does a better job setting all of this stuff up. Yeah. It's more interesting, more entertaining. And again, I haven't seen it in probably 20 years, so don't take my word for it, but I, I just don't think the highs are high enough or I don't think the highs are enough to like slog through three hours of like what is pretty boring, but I don't know. It just doesn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it's a, it's one of those movies that I couldn't even rate. Cause it's like, you can't call this a five star. Like it's not average. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's yeah, clearly yeah. reaching for the stars and sometimes clinging onto one, but just I, as a whole, I think it's ultimately fairly unsuccessful. Um, and he, in Coppola's defense, does it three times and just hits them all out of the park. Mm-hmm. Made some of the best movies of all times, which are the conversation Godfather two and apocalypse now after this. So I, 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 I'm not as harsh on it as I was when I was young, but I just didn't like watching it this time. Yeah. I think I would still recommend it if you've never seen it. If you have seen it before, don't recommend watching it again. Yes, you that's you definitely it. don't need to watch it again. You should watch it once. Um, you should watch it once, though. It's definitely if you've never seen The Godfather before, it is worth it is worth watching. Chalk off some time, <laughs> you know, like really settle in. It's long, and if you're, <laughs> you know what I will say. You can fast forward through all of the Sicily parts. You can I don't fast think forward you'll, to the Sicily you'll, part. You'll miss nothing. You can fast forward to any time Vito is in a room talking to like other fat Italian guys. Mm-hmm. Just be, go right through. Because yep. his acting isn't that... You were going to say... Could you say? Did you say you couldn't believe he got the Oscar for this? Marlon Brando. Yeah, I think he sucks. I think he really he's not sucks very in this. good. <laughs> he's in old man makeup, and he's like, I don't. It's it's like Jared Leto. Like yeah. he's doing too Italian and then not enough Italian at the same time. It's just bizarre and like it's too like his voice is too cartoony. That no like, one else talks like that. Yeah, it just it's like. The problem is, like, if you're going to go, 
like when you're doing a funny voice <laughs> yeah that's like distinct if you are focusing too much on doing the voice you lose your ability to emote and that's his big problem in this movie i feel is that he's going too hard in the paint for the fucking voice yeah. that he loses it just washes out every emotion he has yeah. such the that like moment. these these big moments are just like completely blown because he's too focused on being like i didn't ever want this for you yeah and the big moments that everyone like says are laughable and i mm-hmm. don't know i can't say i wasn't there in the 70s but like seeing him be like look at that massacre my boy it's like are we supposed to believe you're sad he just seems like he's making the same face he made the whole movie it's yeah it's bad the the more powerful moment in that scene is right before he says look how they massacred my boy is like because it's the guy who we see at the beginning of the movie who like is in his debt and whatever he's like look i may have to ask you to do a favor for me and you're like he's gonna ask you to like carry drugs or like you know a gun or like kill somebody whatever like it's gonna be something horrible and then he like calls in his favor for him to be like i want you to do everything in your power to just make it so that my wife doesn't have to see this yeah like that's way more powerful than look how they massacred my boy (laughs) yeah then that's the thing it's just just, it feels there's lots of moments that are undercut by its own love for itself yeah one of my favorite moments that just just right before we finish um is when Michael goes up to um, the guy who's in Vegas, mm-hmm. the singer or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "I gotta call in a favor." And he's like, "What? What is it?" And he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "And he's like, I'll do anything for the Godfather." And he's like, "I need you to play at my casino five times a year." And he's like, "Great." <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> that Love scene it. is so good because he's like, "What? Obviously, I'll yeah, do yeah, yeah. shows." <laughs> I thought it was gonna be something like big. <laughs> I love that scene. Um, all the all the Vegas stuff I like. Again, Godfather Two gets really good. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I feel like. Yeah, that's the Godfather. It's such a weird like thing because if you're a film person, like if you really want to start learning about movies, like there's great things to take from it, but you probably already know from of them yeah. from like other movies that copied it. Like, but gosh, that fucking. That fucking assassination scene is so good. Mm-hmm. If you don't watch this movie, watch that scene. Like, watch from there, from from when he gets punched by the cop to when he goes to Sicily. Yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah, even <laughs> the scene when they're guarding outside the hospital is really good. Oh, when Enzo comes? Yeah. I was like, I hadn't seen it in so long. I was like, wait, is Enzo turning on him? He's yeah, just really like, good <laughs> tension there. He's when like, he's like, I'm, put your hand in your pocket, pretend you've got a gun. Yeah. The suspense in that scene, I feel like just that, okay, the scene from when Vito gets killed, or they try to kill Vito, Mm -hmm. to Michael having to flee, is like a different, better movie, where like, it's all very suspenseful, there's stakes, there's all this stuff happening, every scene kind of feels like imbued, and like, even Michael is like, kind of believable as like a guy who's very serious and like when he comes in and he's like do you know who my father is like there's there's people coming to kill him like we need to yeah, help, yeah, you yeah. need to help me move him like all that stuff is really good Pacino's doing a good job uh yeah and then he loses Sicily and then the rest of the movie is shit <laughs> and everything before that is is pretty lousy too it's just boring yeah. like the wedding scene is iconic and stuff but it's just 
It's just boring. Yeah, I want to be clear. I don't like what's happening in that scene as much as just like the way that everything looks, the way that it all feels, the sound of the music, like the it just like everything in it is just working as a vibe. Yeah. It's not working as a scene. I fully agree. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's it's got a quality to it that I've learned to appreciate over the years and yeah. and I I I don't think it's a awful thing. It's just it doesn't all add up to much. Here's here's what I'll say. Final point. It's a good smell movie. Oh, the smells off the charts. I actually think that I actually the think wood, that's what I would say oil, about it is I think I can bread. smell every scene of this movie. <laughs> yeah. And that's 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 Coppola's like yeah. his fucking he is so talented at that. And mm-hmm. in um in two and Apocalypse Now and in the conversation, it's just yeah. like really evoking these like I mean, the conversation is bad because everything would smell terrible because it's like dank and weird and mm-hmm. um but but he's so good at that like creating these little worlds that feel so alive it's yeah. like the lord of the rings thing i think that's like why people yeah. like that kind of stuff just want a vibe in that world and that's why there's gweebs yeah this movie quite created gweebs and i i will never forgive it never forgive you <laughs> for that francis Anyway, that's Friend Cops the Godfather. That's it, folks. Thank you very much for listening to Generation Loss. If you'd like to hear more of our show, please go to patreon.com slash generation loss, where you will hear a uh, bonus episode weekly uh, where we talk about the movie news and our uh, fears of death. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and we actually did a really fun episode reason, uh, this week about um, sports movies. Um, ended up being a lot about what we want out of sports movies and that's a good time uh, so go to Patreon and, and check out those things you also get access to the Discord um, where we will show you the movie uh, the Sunday before the episode comes out um, if you'd like to hang out with us more follow us on Twitter Jen Lost Pod, Kinematography and Jeremy Thunder otherwise we will see you next time see you next time bye bye texting Katie Trouble trying to sleep. I'm counting shit, but running out. As time ticks by, still I try. No rest for cops in my mind. On my own, here we go. Yeah.